Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by HF Plaster, and with myself, Steve Nussbaum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o. It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 252. Thanks, as always, to everyone who's tuned into last week's show and the shows before that. The, the listening numbers are, are absolutely tremendous. We are very grateful, and thank you very much indeed. This week, bit of a bumper show for you this week. We've got two games that we're going to be reviewing. We're going to look back on those. Um, two tremendous games, I think it's fair to say. Uh, the week that was, there's been a bit of news to catch you up on. Um, uh, we've also got a very, very special guest joining us, which we haven't actually announced, I don't think, um, properly. Um, so he's coming up very, 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 very shortly. He's going to start at the top of the show. But as always, we start with a word from our podcast sponsor. Yeah, so we are proudly sponsored by HF Plastering, who are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company which cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, and they specialise in silicone colour render systems. And the best part is, and you must know this by now, ladies and gentlemen, they offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. And rumour has it, board members as well, even across the pond. What a bargain. So for more information and the best plastering and rendering prices around you can visit their website at www.agefplastering.co.uk or you can email adam and team at agefplastering at outlook.com or on social media on instagram and facebook at agefplastering or adam is on twitter at big ads with a z l o f c he absolutely is so as i mentioned a moment ago we are absolutely delighted to be joined by a very special guest on this week's show he's just invested in leighton orient he's a new board member and we are delighted to welcome onto the podcast for his actual debut coley parry <laughs> welcome thanks for joining us gentlemen thank you for having me pleasure it's an absolute pleasure to have you on uh, the podcast, Coley. So I know when you first came on board, you've done a Q&A um, with fans on YouTube, and some of our listeners may have watched that, some may have missed it. So as an opening starter, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, I'm American. I grew up uh, outside of Chicago. Um, spent the last 15 years in New York, but I now live uh, in London, uh, in Notting Hill, actually. And so not too far from the grounds. Um, I'm an investor by trade, so um, typically that's in uh, young technology companies and, and healthcare companies, uh, mostly in the United States, but some here in, in London. Um, and just uh, feel really lucky that we, you know, since moving to, to London, came across Leighton Orient and the club and really, really happy to be here. Cool. So how did you first hear about the investment opportunity with Leighton Orient? How has that kind of made its way to your to your desk? Uh, so do you want the, the short story or the long story? Up to you. We love long stories on this podcast. Let's go long. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go long. Okay, so um, during COVID, I moved to, uh, I moved out here. So, and um, started uh, actually pre-COVID, I guess, um, and started poking around at different clubs. I'm a massive sports fan, um, you know, historically, a casual football fan um, growing up. I, I grew up playing the sport um, when I was younger. 
um, but had, didn't really have a European team. It was whenever the U.S. was in uh, the you know international play, which is almost never. Um, oh, I would be a, a big fan right around then. Um, and uh, and when I moved out here, I started poking around different clubs, and I saw you know the different teams. And I had I really didn't know because it's a concept that doesn't exist in the United States about promotion and relegation. And I know that sounds really crazy to you, and it sounded crazy to me when it was there in the United States. You know, if you have uh, Major League Baseball has thirty two teams, and those thirty two teams are stuck, right? And there are, there is some gaming of the system that you might uh, you know throw away the rest of your se- your season if you're not doing well, so that you can get better picks in the draft. That's just kind of how they do it, and. It's, you know, called tanking. And uh, it, it's sort of like you guys fixed that glitch in, in American sports, in my opinion. So when I was thinking about promotion and relegation, uh, I just thought that, so you're telling me, my first question was, you're telling me that these, these clubs that are a few divisions down own a contract that is just as valuable as a Premier League team. It's a contract that says you can be here too, and you can take advantage of the 190 million pounds per year, um, you know, TV revenue. And I thought that that was kind of insane. And so, uh, you know, what I, what I do for a living is I try and find things that I think that are, are undervalued for one reason or another. Um, and I, you know, started thinking about football clubs being a, a potential investment in that way. Um, and came across 40 or 50 people that told me that I was totally crazy, which, um, you know, oftentimes tells you as an investor that you're onto something. So, um, and I, I eventually got introduced to my partner at Common Sport, um, uh, Sam Helmy, who was doing the same thing. And he had uh, been talking to teams and trying to network with clubs. And I met up with Sam and I said, hey, listen, I can help you figure out how to uh, get into one of these clubs if you can find you know something interesting. And I sort of tossed it aside and thought, oh, this will never happen. Within two weeks, we were talking to five clubs wow. um, in the UK. So, and that's mainly because of the pandemic. A lot of clubs were looking for support, um, rightfully so. And so we had an interesting opportunity to look at multiple clubs at the same time. And there was no question in my mind that uh, Leighton Orient was the best run club that we were speaking to and the best opportunity being in London with uh, its you know, historical background as second oldest team in London and the, the history you have with the, with the fans and kind of falling on hard times over the last two years because of uh, Bichetti. So all of that was, was incredibly interesting, but it was really more about the fan base. You know, when I could go on YouTube and, and see you know, people storming the pitch uh, with Piketty. I was like, ooh, maybe I like these fans. <laughs> so uh, so we uh, got, we started, we actually cold called uh, the club and uh, Nigel answered. And we got really lucky that, I mean, he didn't answer right then, but he, he emailed us back. And we started a, a relationship, started talking, and he's, you know, you all are very lucky to have somebody like him and the rest of the board and, and the, the management team at Leighton Orient. It was, it was obvious to us that of all the clubs up and down the pyramid that we had been speaking to, that this was the best run club. Wow. What, what gave you that impression? And was it just the way the board worked? Was it just their organization? Was it the way they were communicating with you? What, what kind of gave you that impression? 
the, the first thing for me was the transparency um, with which they interact with you all. Um, so there are a lot of clubs that it, I mean, you know plenty about uh, English football. Uh, we, we spoke to some people who are not only not transparent, but also, you know, um, interesting characters, you might say. And uh, that was much less so. These are real people, Leighton Orient. These are real, you know, people with a good business background, Nigel and uh, Kent and et cetera. And, uh, but, but, but when I could go on YouTube and I could watch uh, them stand up and, and have, you know, a board meeting in front of fans and talk about their financials uh, and, you know, just the outright transparency was, was that, that sort of gave it away to me that this is, you know, this is an ownership group that you might want to be a part of. Amazing. Absolutely. Um, so how long did it take then from you kind of uh, conversing with Nigel, I guess, to actually writing the check and signing the deal to actually invest in Leighton Orient? How long does that sort of trans... I mean, obviously they're all different, but in your case, how long did it kind of take from interest to that money leaving your, your bank account kind of thing? <laughs> uh, it, was a few, it was a few months. I mean, I think we began to speak... We started looking... Sam and I uh, and talking to clubs in uh, November, maybe October, November. Um, and then once we sort of locked in on, on Leighton Orient, um, it was, it was probably four or five months, something like that. Wow. Pretty quick then. Cool. Yeah. So it was pretty quick and a, and a well-run process by the club. I, I have to say so. Um, you know, we, again, they were transparent the entire time on who else they were speaking to, and it was it was a great process. So you're now a part of the Leighton Orient board, and it's great to have you. So, what exactly will your role entail? Um, well, I'm on a couple of different committees. Uh, one is you know being part of the board and being part of uh, the management committee and helping to steer the ship. Um, you know in the right direction from a business perspective. Um, but I, my focus um, in, in many ways has to bring some sort of analytical perspective to uh, transfers and to recruitment. Um, so my group invested in a company called StatsBomb, which is, uh, you know, uh, in my opinion, the, the best football data in the, on the planet. Um, and uh, we have brought that to the club, so that's now part of uh, one of the tools that we have. Um, so, in, in, in comparison with other League Two clubs, uh, I think that we are moving to a place where we'll be head and shoulders above others from a, a data analytics perspective. And I think it's just another tool to have in your tool belt that has shown over you know various different sports, especially in the United States, that you can have somewhat of an edge if you're using uh, those kind of analytical capabilities. And really what we're trying to do here is we're trying to engineer wins. Uh, you know, it's, this is a sport where we just want to win. Uh, that winning helps take care of a lot of other issues when you're at a club. Uh, so if you can get 10% better than everybody in, in different areas, and that's from management, which I think we have, from data analytics, which I think we have, from uh, from you know uh, coaching, which I think we have, from academy, which I think we have, that should play itself out on the pitch. So, um, so, so really, just from my perspective, I, I'm just here to help. Uh, you know, I, I see myself as uh, somebody who can just help inject things to help us get to the place where this club should be. 
Awesome. So how, how have you found, sort of bit of an open question here, obviously the season's kicked off, we were at Salford away last week, we saw you at QPR, obviously you were at, uh, at the uh, game yesterday against Exeter City, how, how have you found the last week as kind of like your first exposure if you like I guess to what well, obviously fans being back in a stadium since last March even though there was a couple of games, how's it been for you? I mean, it's crazy exciting, is it not? I mean, this yeah. last week has been has been uh, incredible from my perspective. Um, a lot of the stuff that we've been doing behind the scenes is starting to, to play itself out. And if you can get a, a point away at the bookie's favorite um, at Salford, and then we should have beat QPR. I mean, we we uh, we we demolished them when it comes to. Um, when it comes to expected goals. Um, and then yesterday, obviously, was a great win. So from my perspective, um, it's it's been fantastic. But more importantly, what is your perspective? Same for me. Same. Wednesday was amazing. And I don't. we didn't see you during the match on Wednesday, but we saw uh, Nick Samaka, who's obviously another investor. And he was actually sitting in the south stand in the first half. And we saw him at half-time, and he was absolutely full of adrenaline based on what he had heard going on in the South Stand and what he had seen. And I think we all felt mm. felt that way on Wednesday. Buzzing. Like, just like like you'll say, I think sort of a little bit later on, but not to sort of head it off, but just the whole from the station yeah. to the stadium, to meet seeing everyone, to being back face-to-face with people, meeting you guys. Um, it was just It was just a really, really good day out. Good afternoon, a good evening out, really. And then, obviously... Um, it was a it was nice weather, which made it even better. So it's just the whole thing about it. And yesterday, three goals against a team that arguably like we haven't beaten since December two thousand and eleven. So nearly ten whole years we've gone without beating Exeter City, and here we are, a clean sheet, three goals, a penalty save. Like, am I really supporting Leighton Orient still, or is this like some some other club that's <laughs> just suddenly morphed into? Uh, you guys, you sound like some other people that I've spoken to. Oh, uh, we're so pessimistic, uh, well. Coley. It's, unbe- it's unbelievable. It's just the Orient way, I'm afraid. You'll get to, you'll get, <laughs> well, hopefully you won't get used to that. And this is the new normal, I hope. You've done? I hope not. I was I was sitting with Nick in the South Stands for the first half. Oh, and, nice. um, in, and And absolutely loved it. Um, you know, for the first few matches, we figured that we could be a bit incognito mm. before people figured us out. Uh, so it was nice to just feel like one of the crowd um, for a while and just uh, get to know the grounds, get to know the people, um, get to know some of the chants um, as they were directed <laughs> at QPR. Um, it was it, it was it was a blast. I think I'm less incognito now, but you know we, we did the south stands and then we we sort of went around the stadium for a little bit and then afterwards uh, we went to coaching horses and we were we had a few pints um, uh, and yeah it was all just just amazing amazing afternoon you, evening you've had the proper um, South Stand experience then by all accounts yeah. do you have I was going to ask you anyway you kind of mentioned the chance is there a chant yet that you have a favourite so mine is now stand up for the Orient because I was so proud to stand up with my fellow South Stand chums arms aloft singing it again is there one that struck a chord with you yet I really enjoy that as well um, because when we were sitting, you know, on the railing, at the you know the you know the director's box, um, it gives us an opportunity to to stand up and show that we're listening to you as well. Oh, wow. So 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 look over 
when you uh uh, when when you guys are in the south stand chanting that, and, and when I'm there, I'll be standing up. And you know who stands up first is is Kenny's wife, Sam. She's always Sam and and, uh, and Joe Gallon's wife, uh, uh, Lucy. They 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 get up immediately, and wow. they are fantastic. When you get a chance to to meet them, definitely spend some time sitting down with them. They're they're fantastic. So are you going to be attending quite a few, as you live in London, you're just obviously at one end at the other end of the central line. Do you intend to be at most home games this season, work permitting? Yeah, work permitting is, is the operative term there. Um, I do a lot of work in the United States, in the US, and so I travel a lot. Um, so I'm probably in the US two weeks out of every month. Um, but I will try to hit as many, any time I'm here or anywhere near the UK, I will be, I will be at Brisbane Road. Uh, Brian Group Stadium. <laughs> and how did you find the walk around yesterday uh, with <laughs> Nigel and Ken? That must was that a surreal experience. A little bit, a little bit. Um, I've you know I've never been part of uh, the ownership of a, of a club before, so uh, it was a bit of a surreal experience. But you know, just seeing everybody's faces and seeing the kids there and being able to, you know, give pounds to the kids. Uh, and then, you know, the thumbs up from the South stands and I mean, it was, it, it's more, um, proof for me that this, you know, we made a great decision with Leighton Orient. I mean, it is just the, the it, 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 people always say, you know, it's like a family and it really is. And people really want to see this club succeed and they have been, uh, great to us. Um, you know, welcoming us. So I'm just really excited. So when we get to get close to the fans like that and walk around, it was it was a surreal experience, yeah, but also just really great to get face to face. Awesome. Where um, where do you, what what's impressed you the most um, as your kind of not I guess first impressions, but what what's impressed you since you've become a board member the most? The absolute kind of number one on the chart. Um, the good question. Oh. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to reach back, but I, I will say that one of the biggest decisions that was made at the club was bringing in Kenny, um, and what he's done with the club so far has been fantastic. Um, and getting to see him work with the players, work with the younger guys is it, it's 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 really great. It's really great to see him to see him do that. And what I really like uh, about uh, him too is that he's really very really, really excited about the young academy players as well. I mean, you've seen them; they played there in West Ham and, and Spurs. Um, like there are a couple guys there that are really pretty great. Nakuma being one of them. Um, so uh, I keep an eye out for for some of the younger guys as well. So the academy is more impressive uh, than than I expected coming in. Um, but but overall, it's been. Um, the thing that's most impressive has been the, the staff and also what they've had to go through through the pandemic. I mean, just masking up all the time, test after test. I mean, it's been really, really tough. Um, and yet they do it with a smile on their face. And um, they they have just been utterly fantastic, in my opinion. So um, I, I would say number one, staff. And then number two, what's happening on the pitch, um, you know, is just but it's fantastic. Number three, the quality of this podcast. (laughs) 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 Are there any areas, this could be on the pitch or off the pitch where you're looking at something and you go, we can improve that. 
instantly? Is that something that strikes you? Um, yeah, I think I, I think in the beginning, you know, bring so that's why we were very excited to bring some some data analytics uh, to the club. Um, we actually hired a full time data analyst uh, since we've been here, which yeah. is fantastic. Um, so that was an area of improvement that that. It's one of those things where you don't, you know, bring in a computer and sit in the corner and then say like, okay, we've got, you know, data analytics and the robots make decisions now. Mm -hmm. It's not really like that. It's a learning experience and, um, and you need to find out how the data works for you and, 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 and you learn from other clubs, you know, what are they doing at Brentford? What are they doing at Barnsley? Um, trying to, trying to learn as much as you can from some of the other examples out there. I mean, in the top flight in the Premier League, everybody's you know, using data analytics, but not down at, at League Two. So, um, so there was room for improvement there. And we've, uh, we've, so I think that uh, we're on our way. Cool. Um, one of the things that we picked up from um, the Q&A that Nigel said, and he's mentioned it a couple of times actually, it's really quite interesting, is that he kind of, positioned us in in one way but actually he said with the enthusiasm from yourself and Nick and and you know generally the investors that you feel that we can go much further than what they thought may be feasible possible likely what 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 does that translate to um from your perspective as in how far do you think that we can go I know where you're going with this. With this, you want to put me in the corner? And <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, don't say Premier League because that's that's. I mean, Brentford. Of, Brentford actually are a prime example of of a team who we used to play league games, home and away. Brighton are another one. Bournemouth, Bournemouth, and I'm not talking that long ago. And they're ones that have excelled, and 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 that's worked wonderfully well for them. But I'm just more interested in kind of where Nigel kind of. Or the, or the proposition was positioned, but then actually you're... No, we can actually push a little bit further on. What, what does that actually translate well, to? If you look at the history of the club when they took over, what they did was was heroic. I mean, the, the club was on the brink, really. Yeah. Uh, and I'm getting some of these stories, these stories later on. So I, I think that there was some... When they came in and that group came in um, four years ago... Uh, they, it was about saving the club, right? And it wasn't, they weren't uh, necessarily, I mean, they were in the fifth. And so getting back into uh, into league play was, was you know, something big, really big for them, right? And so it felt like they jumped over a hurdle at that point, and they really did. I mean, by uh, getting promoted out of, out of uh, the National League is, is not the easiest thing with only two spots. So... Um, I think what they did by saving the club and then getting into League Two was like, you know, that they, they should and, and deserve to feel very, very good about where their where their position was. I think the new enthusiasm in any business or in any team or whatever, you need fresh blood, you know, every every once in a while. And um, I think that from my perspective and and Nick's perspective, that. Uh, this is a sport and there's promotion relegation. So the point is to win. And if you win, you get promoted. And so uh, we just need to keep doing that. Wins lead to promotion, which leads to more revenue, which leads to a better fan experience, which leads to uh, better, you know, uh, things on the pitch. And then that leads to more wins and that leads to promotions. And uh, that's the point here. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
if we win every game from here on out, which you know will be a, a tough thing to do, uh, you, know, you know where that ends. But uh, again, that's a long way from where we are here. You talk, you said talk about Brentford ten years ago when Benham um, bought them; they were in League Two, so it's not impossible. It's mm. it's uh, it's not easy, especially with the sort of bank accounts that you're talking about up in the Championship and uh, Premier League. But um, but we just want to keep winning. That's the, that's the point here. So, uh, so we're really excited about that. And so I, I think just, uh, from the perspective, um, and, and I don't mean to speak for them, but getting, saving the club was the, uh, was the priority, um, last time, uh, the new folks came in and now it's, let's get this club to where it's rightful place in the, in the pyramid. Great answer. That's great to hear. So we've got one more question for you, Cody, and then we'll let you go on this Sunday evening. So, do you have a message tonight for the, the fans of Leighton Orient? We, we sit here tonight, you know, a week into the season, three great performances, things looking very yeah. good. What What's your message for the Orient fans? Uh, I, for me, for me personally, is really that I just hope that I can be a good steward of the club during the time that I'm here. This club was around a long time before I came here or it came here or any of the new investors came here and it will be here a long time after we are not here. Um, so during the time that we are, um, I hope that we can that provide an experience and wins and everything that you guys hope that we could bring. So I just hope that you, um, you know, when I'm long gone, um, Orient fans will think kindly of, of, of our tenure at this club. So that's from, from my perspective, uh, what, what I would like to say to the fans. Um, and two, uh, thank you for them to, for being so welcoming. I mean, it, it really is like a family and people are just, you know, are, are, are happy to be there. And uh, seeing them all at Brisbane Road, Prior Group Stadium, um, is, uh, is fantastic. And the buzz there, you guys, you guys have been there. So the buzz there is, is, is great. We've sold 4,000 season cards at this point, which is which is above what our target was. Um, and we just hope that more people, you know, show up to the stadium because that's how you can support your club. Um, so, so come on out. I'll be there as much as I can, um, standing up on the railing and, and cheering, cheering the lads on with you all. Fantastic. Nick, um, Nick will hopefully join us at some point, but Coley, thank you very much indeed uh, for giving up some of your Sunday evening to join us and for being so open and, yeah. and, and honest. It's, uh, it's something that we were struck by from the uh, new board member Q&A uh, YouTube um, uh, broadcast that was done by the club and what struck us was the honesty and the transparency that you guys all, all spoke with. There wasn't any um, blusto, there wasn't any um, nonsense in, in what people were saying, there was just honesty and uh, you could you could see that you know, we've got good new investors in because it's always a concern when you have people that come in, it's you don't really know and and so on and so forth. With Nigel, we knew because Nigel was a fan, so there's obviously that element there. But no, thank. I'm, I'm waffling on a bit now, but thank you very much indeed for joining us. Thanks for everything you've done and will continue to do and we look forward to having you back on in the not too distant future. Would love to. Keep up the good work and I'll see you, uh, I'll see you at the grounds. So that was Coley Parry. What a gent. What a lovely man. Lovely man. Absolutely. And, it, and it's honest and it's genuine and it's transparent and it's there and there's no nonsense. It's just all spoken from someone who knows what they're talking about. Investing in football clubs, 
generally isn't a good idea if you want your money back. Exactly. So uh, one of the questions just come into my head is about that, which I perhaps could have, should have asked him um, about that. But he's obviously got his reasons for it. It's a passion project for, well, I assume Kent came in as a business course, project, yeah. but this is probably now for him more of a passion project. Maybe Coley, Nick and the other investor, I nearly called him Nick. That's quite a few, um, isn't there? Yeah. What, what, yeah, and the others are doing it for that. Maybe if there is a, a move to the championship that we get, up through the promotions in, in the next five to ten years and then that's their out. Yeah. That's we'll, when they hand the reins over in the stewardship to someone else. We'll see what happens, but I believe that was the first time a new investor has been on a podcast, so thanks to Coley for coming on. We hope to bring you many more new investors uh, over the next coming weeks on the Orient Outlook podcast. Thanks to Luke and Dan, as always, for helping us sort out that interview. So on we go with episode 252. And let's start in with Supporters Club update. So three long journeys coming up over the next coming weeks. There's a huge journey this Saturday, 21st of August, as the O's go to Carlisle. Prices for this one, adults £40, concessions £37. This is an early start. This one leaves the Supporters Club at half past seven. This is followed up with a visit to Newport County on Saturday, the 4th of September. Prices for this one's £30 for adults. £27 for concessions, a long way to go again, but this one you can get up an hour later as this one leaves at half past eight from the supports club. And finally, two weeks after that, we go away to Bristol Rovers on Saturday the 18th of September. Slightly cheaper this one, adults £28, concessions £25. This one departs the supports club at half past eight in the morning. All these trips will cost you an additional £3 if you aren't a member of the supports club. Under-16s can travel for half price but must be with an adult and this is a vital piece of information. Please know that these prices do not, and I repeat, do not include your match day tickets. You don't want to be the twonk who turns up with no cash or your card on the door who realises you can get outside a football ground but you can't get in because you haven't got any money. So if you want to book for any of those trips, you can visit the Supporters Club pre or post-match. We went there on Wednesday. It's still... Is a beautiful place to go. It is. There's so much energy and history in there. It was lovely. So you can go in there to book on a match day or you can call the travel line, the new number, 07722-135970. We'll have to do an away match very soon. Yeah. Well, that might be an old number, that, actually. I think that is the old number. Oh, well, we have to get the new number put in there. Um, <laughs> whoops. Um, so one piece of AOB today. Just when he, uh, really wanted to shout out to David Jordan, who kindly messaged, messaged us on one of our Facebook uh, posts. Uh, he's a first-time listener, and uh, he posted to let us know uh, that he's listened to the first one uh, for the first time and uh, so really just want to say thanks for choosing us and uh, keep us locked in and, and do keep in touch with us we appreciate all new fans and uh, all new listeners so if you are new uh, then by all means uh, get in touch let us know but also we know that there are people in the 100% club people that have been with us since episode one so uh, thanks very much to everyone and anyone who chooses to listen to us. Yeah, great stuff, David. And we always ask people to pass the pod. So if you have, let us know who you've passed the pod on to. It'd be great to hear from you. So let's cover the week that was. Happy Monday, the 9th of August, a quiet day. But it was announced that the Harrogate town had several COVID cases in their first team. And therefore, I think they had their following three games uh, postponed. Us, uh, we were the third game of the postponement. So that means that the game on Tuesday, 17th of August, had been postponed. 
Absolutely. More on that later on in this show. But to Huawei Tuesday, the 10th of August. Nothing to report, so we're going to move swiftly on to Wednesday, the 11th of August. The main event of the day was QPR at home in the first round of the Carabao Cup. Yeah, the team was announced at 6.45. Lawrence Vigoru in goal at the back. We had Tom James, Omar Backles, Dan Happy and Connor Woods. Midfield, uh, Darren Prattley, Hector Kipriani, Dan Kemp, Theo Archibald. And up top, Aaron Drinnan. And we were also to you on the bench. We had Sam Sargent, Jaden Sweeney, Shadrach Ogi, uh, Tanga. I don't even know Tanga's first name. Zek Abirio, uh, Matt Young, and Craig Clay. That meant there was a first O start for Theo Archibald in place of the injured Paul Smith. Ruel Satoru started as Craig Clay dropped to the bench. And young O, Zechabirio and Jeff Tanga were named on the bench. There you go. Well, there you go. Giving you Jeff- new information. Jeffter. All the way. That's a great Lovely. pronunciation of the name. That would have caught me off guard. I hope that's correct. I mean, if you listen, <laughs> then please let me know uh, if that is not correct. But I hope that is. So, um, I wrote rather pessimistically my views on this game didn't expect to win it um, but I can't help but feel the bench is very light and more so without Smith on it so obviously Smith's hamstring um, obviously had caused him a bit more of a concern and they didn't obviously want to risk it so it's better to save it yeah. obviously than, than, than put him through it so yeah be interesting to see how this game pans out obviously QPR was strong opposition but Mark Warburton said in his his pre-match comments that they've got a terrible run of fixtures. They had a Friday night travel and then they're playing again in quick succession. So they don't really get much rest. So didn't expect them to necessarily play a strong first-choice side. Okay, for me, I think when I saw uh line-up, probably strong as what we could have hoped for, really. wasn't mm. many changes. So mm. that, you know, Smith was an enforced change. But looking at the bench, there wasn't many uh, attacking options on the bench or defence uh, defensive players, defenders or defensive midfielders. So lots of tweets came into us when that team was announced. Dear Stu, Stuart Hebron, hope you are well, who said, I would say, looking at the team and the subs, that we probably need about three to four players before the end of August. I think most people would agree with you there, Stu. Yeah, agree. Freddie LOFC said, good start in 11, nothing on the bench at all. Yeah, at Dean underscore seven, Cox tweeted us, we love it when our tiny Cox gives us a tweet. He says, needs two or three signings just to boost the squad and create a bit more depth. Len Chin Chin one said, not our strongest lineup, so they will have to put in a good shift to gain honours. Good luck, boys. Do your best will be a real test of ability. Yeah, so the match kicked off live on Sky Sports. We were both very pleased to be there. Zio's the got the game underway. Lovely noise in the stadium. Yeah. It wasn't that busy, but it was bloody noisy, which it was really a lovely was. experience yeah. and atmosphere to get into. In the ninth minute, the dangerous Theo Archibald skipped away from his man, flashed across across the face of goal. There were no O's uh, in the box in a position to pull it in there, so the chance was gone. Yeah, there was a great chance for QPR to take the lead in the 11th minute as Lyndon Dykes played in Albert Adoma, but with only Lawrence Vigarou to beat, he skied the ball into the south stand and that was a bit of a huge let-off for us. We were opened up far too easily with their passing there and we were trying to pass out from the back. We looked quite uncomfortable doing it, which invited them onto us, so then they were high-pressing us. And so from that point of view, it just really didn't work for us and we were causing our own problems. Yeah, we were. They were looking very good at QPR. Yeah, sharp. Know, good press, good ball retention. We're opening us up and he really, like you said, should have scored there. 15th minute, it was coming. QPR took the lead for a Rob Dickey header as a QPR corner was swung in. He easily shrugged off Dan Happy from close range. Bang, 1-0. We'll go down. Poor defending for me. Happy's got to do much better there. You know, Just easily gets out-muscled. That guy, Rob Dickey, 
scores a lot of goals, but like Omar Beckles for them, but yeah. he won't get an easy goal in all season. Easily shrugs off happy, bang 1 0. Yeah. Job done. Yeah. 32 minutes on the clock. Big chance for QPR to double their lead as Adoma skipped past happy. He's cross found Dykes, who should have done much better as his shot acrobatically into the south stand. Should have been two goals down, but we yeah. weren't. 40th minute, and Dan Kemp done well. Passed to Tom James, who's ball into the box, found Aaron Drinnan, whose shot just trickled wide off the post. I think the keeper had it covered, but he did scuff it a little, which might have played into his hands, but maybe you could argue should have done better there, but I'm certainly not going to slam Aaron Drinnan in tonight's podcast. No, one minute of additional time has played out as the referee brought the half to a close with QPR leading... 1-0 and I just made a note that we're making far too many mistakes, we're really not looking comfortable, we're looking quite poor and QPR really aren't amazing either but we're allowing them to put the pressure on us and press us quite high. So, I remember at half time when we were talking about the half, I think we, we know that Orient can play better but with a coach such as Kenny Jackie, we knew he was going to change up, whether that be a formation change or the way we were playing, like I wasn't sitting there going it's going to be exactly the same, you knew he was going to react to it, which is exactly... What he did then, so there were no changes for the O's at half-time. QPR did make one change, though, with XO Moses Odebajo coming on, who deservedly got a great ovation from you know each stand in the Absolutely. ground. Yeah, good to see Mo back. He's had his injury problems, so uh, good to see him back as well. Two minutes into the second half, and we won a corner from which QPR countered, but Connor Wood did absolutely superbly to recover that. They were literally bearing in, and he's made a brilliant challenge. Um, and I just wanted to make that point because it's not only about us scoring goals there was a good no, defensive display as well yeah him and um, Tom James and I think there'll be many more tweets that follow throughout the episode have really kind of impressed a lot of the fan base including myself who probably wasn't that excited by their signings agree but I think, and I think they're a vast improvement on the fullbacks that we've had over oh, the last couple of years it's a noticeable difference they get forwards they put crosses in they look dangerous they're good um, facing our goal if you like i.e. Uh, defending our goal so yeah really good really good performance from them worth pointing that out yeah 50th minute penalty shout for the O's as Aaron Drennan beat Hoops keeper Archer to the ball he was brought down but fortunately the linesman already had his flag up for offside yeah 62 minutes on the clock and we went close as a cross shot come shot from Tom James nearly found its way into the net but Archer was fortunate fortunate enough in the QPR goal to get his palms to it and put it away put it out so at this point the O's had certainly stemmed the tide right so we were pressing QPR we were looking good Archer looked a bit dodgy at points yeah. he certainly didn't look aware of what was going on around him the crowd starting to get louder you felt being at the ground I don't know what it was like watching on TV but you felt being in the ground that this wasn't quite over yet and if we could nick a goal we could go and do something here it was very 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 uh, exciting to be in the ground Connor Wood picked up a booking in the 65th minute after he lost the ball then had to track back but he took one for the team slammed his man down took the booking had to do it yeah fair enough uh, just another point QPR counter attack was stopped by a superb Tom James tackle in the 65th minute uh, we've Im- I made a note here that we've improved quite a bit and settled more into the game still not quite clicking but we are doing much better than we were in the first half yeah, yeah. much better 72nd minute a great chance to equalise Dan Kemp took a corner he completely scuffed it but it seemed to confuse everyone as the ball like rolled through the box Happy was fairly close uh, to the net and he put his foot out and mm. just went wide of the goal at that point you're thinking oh was that the chance was that the chance but however just shortly after yeah, not just literally barely a minute later, Tom James' long throw into the box was flicked on. Aaron Drinnan held off his marker to volley the ball 
into the net from close range to send the three sides of the stadium into raptures. And what a tension release that was. Yeah, QPR filled up pretty much all of the East Stand with their capacity that yeah. they had. There was a good sort of 1,800 of them. Um, but yeah, absolutely huge tension release, just what we all needed. And it's it's a just desserts for and a reward for the effort that we'd, we'd put in that half and the domination yeah. that we'd had. Yeah, it was coming. Great celebrations, not only in the South Stand and in the ground, but you know also on the pitch. Big goal for Drinan, his first goal yeah. at a new club, I think. Again, like Connor Wood, like Tom James, we signed Aaron Drinan. I think most of us went, who? Yeah. Look at his scoring record. Yeah. Rubbish. Yeah. But been very impressed with him so far. 100%. Great to see him get off the mark. So that was brilliant. 80th minute, amazing scenes as Archer was forced to make two saves, which were both quite unbelievably. Firstly, he stopped the Royal Satu acrobatic shot from almost point blank range where he just stuck his hands and managed yeah. to save it. From the same passage of play, the ball came out to Dan Kemp, who played a delightful uh, little opposite pass through to Omar Beckles. Tight angle. Beckles knows that striker ball. God, he knows the goal. Great strike, and Archer just got his fingertips on it to get the ball onto the bar. It slammed off the bar, went away from goal, and you're thinking, how on earth did that not go in? Yeah, he's done really well, Jordan Archer, and you can Great hear it. Save. You can hear his fingertips. That I just, I can hear it now with the ball just, yeah. and he's touched it onto the <laughs> bar. I mean, that was a, he's done really well, and it, and it has been all us. QPR absolutely rattled at this point. Absolutely backs against the wall. Yeah, they're playing for penalties now. You could feel it. Talking of penalties, massive shout. Two minutes later, it appeared that Dunn fell on the ball and handled it. All I think when long. people had seen replays, it was very clear. All day Ref long. missed it, wasn't interested. The Nothing fact, given. The fact that the guy's gone over the ball to stop someone else from getting it, i.e. someone, an Orient boot goes in, all of a sudden he's rolling around pretending he's been kicked in the ribs when obviously he wouldn't have been. But then his arm brushes the ball away. So... Like, how can, how can, well, the ref's got to be certain his, his arm has touched it, and obviously he wasn't. However, from where we were sat in the comfort of our South Stand seats, it 110% <laughs> was a penalty. Four minutes of added time uh, were added on and played out as the game finished, even at full time. So the game would be decided straight to penalties, and obviously not taken, uh, that decision wasn't taken by the the Orient uh, team to shoot towards the goal that was the, no. the, the, the North Stand. No, so QPR took the first penalty, scored. Drinan stepped up, scored his. QPR scored their second. And Ross stepped up. Mr Levy said to me, he's going to miss this. And he did. He smacked it and he hit the crossbar. Very unlucky. QPR scored their third penalty. Tom James scored his penalty. QPR scored their fourth. Dan Kemp took a decent penalty. Scored our fourth, which meant if Albert Doma scored his penalty, QPR would win the shootout. And he sent Lawrence Vigru the wrong way to go off and celebrate like he just won the Champions League. So yeah. well done there, Mr Doma. Someone tweeted a uh, a screenshot of a QPR tweet saying that they won't be doing any uh, oh, that's right. pictures yeah. or autographs with fans, obviously for COVID reasons. And then about seven and a half hours later, Albert Adoma's in the stand with all the fans jumping and celebrating like he's just won the league. Yeah, so QPR win the game 5-3 on penalties. Kenny Jackett spoke to the press after and said, first half, we were a little bit tentative and nervous, particularly on the ball. When we settled down and played the right pass at the right time, we started to give them problems. We were unlucky with the amount of chances we created not to get more goals. So, Mr Levy, your views on the QPR game? Yeah, delighted with our second half performance and the way that we pressed them in their own half. And together with some of the passing and link-up play, uh, was a joy to watch at times. First half hour was a bit nervy for our players, which was frustrating to watch and to see the transformation. That was absolutely brilliant. Bench 
is still a huge concern to me, a huge concern. There are no game changers. So they're, t- they're our players, all right, they're fresh, but they played a full 90 minutes there and then a full 90 minutes pretty much on Saturday uh, just gone as well. So the fact that there isn't any real game changers on the bench worries me a lot but you know Kenny Jackett knows what he's doing so kudos to fellow South Stand fans who made loads of noise um, QPR brought a load made a load of noise went quiet after they'd scored their goal we let them know that they were a bit too quiet won't use the language because it's a family show but yes it was very very much <laughs> enjoyable I'm also not really a big fan of the Omar Beckles song and again I'm not going to be singing that on this podcast but a brilliant game to be my first back in the ground Great to see everyone, as we said, with Coley. Great, just a great experience. It just was fantastic. So there was a glitch with the servers for the ticket office. So sorry that the guys at the ticket office had a bit of a troublesome afternoon, but well done to Danny and the team for getting it as best as it possibly could be. Yeah, kudos to the to the hard work that's gone in at the club, like Coley said, yeah. uh, and to get us into the ground again. Fantastic. Yeah. Yours? Great game to come back for. It was almost instantaneous, wasn't it? Started walking down Leighton High Street, bumped into Dan Sanson, who we've not seen in 16 months, then bumped into Ben and Sam, the Churchill brothers, which was lovely to see. Mm. Then outside, when we're picking up our season tickets, you know, you bump into Dave Victor, Danny Macklin, Matt Hiscock. We also done our Prediction League presentation. So we saw James Cadby again. We met David Landau. So well done to David for winning the shirt. Uh, he takes a lovely photo. Does <laughs> he does. David. You know, and we were just outside the club shop waiting to do that. And Nick Semeca walked past. Um, and I think he re- we both recognised each other, which was insane, really, to, to bump into him. And then we met Coley outside, which was great. And, you know, it just felt like you were seeing family again mm. and, seeing, and seeing friends. So... Really good, uh, and you know, South Stand Bar, seeing old faces and, and seeing how happy everyone was to be back in there. Great atmosphere, first half, I think, like we've said, not the greatest performance, but Kenny changed it, changed the system at half-time, brilliant second half, and it shows you what we've missed, you know, passion, excitement, and I think that I really enjoyed is that I didn't really enjoy watching the stream, 100%. for whatever reason, yeah. I didn't enjoy it, maybe it was, you know, watching the actual stream, the performances, the players, not connecting with them. But I really felt an instantaneous connection to that team. You know, Wood running his jihads off and running whatever off, running the whole amount of the pitch. Tom James doing exactly the same. Yeah. They were all running so hard, proudly, sweating, winning every ball. Same for Hector. You know, Beckles already got two songs, already a massive fan's favourite. He's played three games. Yeah. You know, already you feel that connection to him. Yeah. Drinan scores on his home debut. So now we instantaneously love him. Theo Archibald looked exciting. Like the player we want to see. Dan Kemp looks good. So already you feel like a massive connection that I didn't feel with Danny Johnson or Connor Wilkinson. Got an assist yesterday, Danny Johnson. Couldn't care less. I <laughs> know. Not on my radar. Yeah. Could not care less. Yeah. But I should do because he's a 20 goal season striker. Couldn't care less. Yeah. So amazing, hugely enjoyable, very unlucky not to win it. But that's what happens in a penalty shootout, isn't it? You know? Yeah. It goes, it's a lottery it's a lottery taking penalties is hard no complaints from me I can't I can't have a go Royal. you know he stepped up showed he was up for it Drinan was very good as I say Ars was at Archibald both fullbacks Prattley and Beckles lots to be positive about and what I ended on saying was you could see how relieved QPR were when that penalty went in how relieved they were and how happy they were to win it which tells you all you need to know yeah. that they were very lucky boys but and it, loved and, it and it is luck and we'd have had Oxford at home 
in the next round if we'd have if we'd have been through. So never mind, it's not meant to be, and it means we can focus on our promotion season. Absolutely. So, so those, yeah, yeah, those were our views. So lots and lots of your views, which is great to see. Still getting a huge amount of engagement. Love it on that social media. Love it. So thank you to all of your views that came in, and our, you must know. Well, hopefully you do know our social media accounts do have a sponsor now. So they're sponsored by Town and Country Hertz and Essex Estate Agents. You can find them on Twitter at Hertz Town. They're also on Facebook uh, and probably also on Instagram. They are on Instagram. And you can also find uh, O's fan and I believe director Charlie underscore Paul. And again, we try and read out as many views as possible just because we read them doesn't mean we agree with it. No, that's right. Uh, Paul Ravens 39 was first up. Absolutely outstanding in the second half. I'm delighted for Drinnen getting his goal, but he did everything I said he, he, he would do. He grafted and chased after everything, caused the defence problems all game, and took his goal well. He did. He really did. Luke T7 said, Luke, sorry, Luke underscore T7 said, we should be proud of ourselves, especially in the second half. Really, a lot of positives to take from this. So thanks to Luke. And also, uh, Luke, we wish you better. But by the picture you put up, it looked like you was in a hospital. So yeah. I can see you tweeted that you're out. So wishing you a speedy recovery, Luke. Yeah, John W999 said, Fantastic second half performance. Fullbacks are excellent, as were Archibald. And in the second half, Drinnen on the downside, the lack of subs highlights the squad inexperience. And surely we can't achieve what we might without more options. Yeah, I mean, a few people um, tweet us about lack of subs, but, you know, if you're, if you're starting 11 of all playing well, then you don't need to make a sub for the sake of it. Because just because you have them on the bench doesn't mean you need to do it. So I think got to commend Kenny there. Orient Massey. So lots of positives to take from that. We look really good in the second half. If we play like that, with a few more additions, we should be in for a great season. Lewis Fear underscore said, you know what? The last 10 of the first half and the whole second half, we battered them. If we can put in these performances together consistently in the league, it will be a very exciting season. Archibald put some lovely crosses in tonight. Kemp also looks class and excited for the season. Yeah, Masters underscore James D said, superb second half. Created enough chances to have won the game. Hugely encouraging for the season. So many new players means it always takes time to gel. But really promising signs. Prattley was excellent, and I like the Kemp and Archibald combo. P Bills one nine nine eight said, "Great second half by all. Uh, only concern is the squad depth. Difficult to stay consistent all season with just a strong eleven. Hopefully, bring a few more in before the window closes." Yeah, it's interesting already because that eleven seemed really good, but already within that, you're missing Paul Smith, you're missing Harry, Harry Smith. Smith, you're missing Adam Thompson. So. See what happens. You know, we're not we're not that weak, but obviously, as fans, we all want to see a few more faces coming. But if a couple get injured, then who's the replacement? Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. That's the Paul that's the thing. Staying is eighty six. As the halftime team to worked, we came out, played how we should. Unlucky to lose, as we deserved it. Impressed with the setup. Beckles, James, Drinnen, Archibald impressed me. Kemp tried to pull the strings as usual. Encouraging, I think. Yeah, I Heart Rushmore said enjoyed that second half a lot. We looked to pass forward and. Uh, and a lot to look like about the new, a lot to like. Sorry about the new players. Think both fullbacks look very good, and Drinnen works so hard up front. A lot to be positive about. Yeah, good tweet. Magic yeah. underscore Johnson. Other than an announcement tonight of two or three new signings to fill the squad out, I'm not sure what else we could ask for after mm-hmm. a performance like that. A joy to watch at times. Effort, quality. A couple of tight off sides could have been so different. Well done. It's like what I said. As long as they give 100 percent and work for the ball. It's all we all want, you can and have, that's yeah. exactly what they did. Yeah, it's not hard. It's not a hard thing, is no. it? It's just got to have the right attitude. 
J-A-S-C-O-L 88 said, looked a bit shaky for the first 20 minutes, but after that it was a class performance. Unlucky to go out on pens, especially after we had that stone cold one denied in the second half. Yeah, there's a lot of new Twitter handles coming through, which is lovely yeah, to it. see. Another one, Amazing Bagman 1. Uh, so welcome to the On Out Podcast, Amazing Bagman. Said, well played from the O's for 60 minutes. Made QPR look very average. Omar looks a class act and Archibald was unstoppable at times. Strange we didn't make a sub and I hope we're fit enough to do another tough 90 minutes at the weekend. Up yeah. the O's. It's a very good point. Welcome to the podcast, big man. Uh, L. Hangles said, promising performance from the O's. Ten, win, ten, ten minutes more play and we likely would have gone on to win. In my opinion, not that it matters. Prattley Beckles should have probably been at the front of the queue for penalties as experienced players over someone like Saturio. England failed here too. Interesting point there. Yeah, very good. Uh, Orion underscore Ed, it was lovely to see you. Uh, Ed, yes. hope all is well. Said, think that was a stunning second half. How we did not win that, I have no idea. But if that's what we can do, then we are in for a cracking season. Yeah, Monda Sportif LDN said, Loved visiting the ground tonight. A proper, proper London football club. Great spirited second half and it honestly could have gone either way. So thanks for joining us uh, in the stadium, whoever you are. Yeah, Molly Folly, 2019. Mm. So what a night. So proud of that performance. The difference under KJ is palpable. They are all putting everything on the line for him. If you're going to play a 4-3-3 or 4-3-2-1, that's how you do it. What a contrast to last season. We're going to be a handful at League 2 level. Exciting times. Molly Folly, look forward. It's not look back, look forward now. It's all about KJ times. King Kenny. Yeah, the authentic Gaz as the penultimate word on this. It's great to see Dayton, Brophy and Woodison in the crowd. Once an O, always an O. Yeah, we had a bit of a chat with uh, our interview James, legend, James yeah. Brophy, doing well there. It's great to see uh, Barry... Uh, Barry Galvin put another tweet on that saying they helped walk Lottie home so lovely to see there well done gents and the final word goes to our social media sponsor at Charlie underscore Paul who said a fantastic performance and deserved to win QPR got a lot off the hook there if we play like that all season we'll be celebrating promotion in May well done oh, some love stunning it. tweets there love that one love it so let's move on then to the prediction league uh, with an update for you several people predicted it correctly you all get three points uh, you correctly predicted one all but Orient it is Nino underscore Barone uh, kudos and significant maximum points to you both um, for, for correctly predicting one all and also guessing that Aaron Drinnen would be the scorer so blows my mind that people get that right a full top of the table prediction league update will follow later in this very podcast yeah so that's QPR done and dusted so Thursday the 12th of August we mentioned him earlier but happy birthday to former O's winger and regular listener and tweeter to the show, Mr. Dean Cox. Yeah, contributor extraordinaire. Thank you, Dean, and hope you and the family are all well. Uh, Woking announced the signing of a recently released O in the form of Jordan Maguire-Drew. So we wish Jordan all the luck in the world. He's joined uh, a National League side there, not a National League South side, as I mistakenly put, <laughs> in a couple of WhatsApp groups. So good luck to him there. Yeah, see what he does. I think he's certainly League 2 capable. I guess we'll see where he ends up. So let's move on to Kenny Friday, the 13th of August. Yeah, let's absolutely do that. So um, very, very special day. Ten years ago yeah. on that very day, my great friend sat next to me here, my co-host podcast, my lifelong friend, the super daddy-o, Mr. Steve Nussbaum, <laughs> uh, married uh, the woman of his dream, Sarah, and they celebrated ten years yeah. of marital bliss so on Friday. You had a good day. Lovely day, lovely day. Lots done. Um, 
and lovely to see lots of so beautiful faces yesterday. So let's move on then. Youth team were in action against Gillingham. The O's took the lead in the 29th minute through Antonio Clements, but Gillingham equalised shortly after, just two minutes after, but with virtually the last kick of the game. Smith Kuizi sealed the win for the young O's. Well done all. Great result. 2-1. Yeah. Brilliant to come from a... Um, not to come from a goal down to take the lead but then to be pegged back against the league one side and then to nick it in the last minute at Gillingham, against Gillingham love it that's how you do it brilliant yeah the club announced the Harrogate game uh, that was postponed from Tuesday the 17th of August has been rescheduled to Tuesday the 24th of August that is a 7.45 kick off that is at home Tuesday week I know I know lots of people are happy that's been um, so, yes, rearranged been so quickly but I'm gutted because I'm away that week so it's worked out perfectly for you who yeah. are away this week yeah. not so well for me so I'm gutted <laughs> to miss that so let's move on into Saturday the 14th of August and Dulwich Hamlet announced they had signed the former Orient star man playing on the right his name is Jamie Dayton and he's mm, dynamite so well done so best of luck to James Dayton who we, saw, uh, who we saw on Saturday. Yeah, we saw him on, yeah. yeah. So the main event of Saturday was Exeter City at home. Before the game, we ran a Twitter poll, as we always do, to find out how you think we'd get on in this one. And after just 198 votes in 24 hours, you voted as follows. 6% thought we'd lose, 19% thought a draw, and a whopping 75% thought that we would win. <laughs> I mean, that's like by far and away the biggest percentage that I can remember us doing. One of them. One of them. Yeah, absolutely. Them. And for a team that we've not beaten in nearly 10 years, I mean, the, the, the optimism is flowing through the 198 fans that, um, yeah, I think the majority, 75% of the 198. Yeah, I think probably based on that second half performance uh, against QPR and based on Kenny Jacket. But yeah, yeah that's an overwhelming majority. So thanks to everyone, like Paul said, who voted. So at 2 pm, the team was announced. Lawrence Vigoru, back for Tom James, Omar back, was Dan Happy. And Connor Wood, midfield, Dan Prattley, Hector Kiprianu, Dan Kemp, Theo Archibald, and up top Aaron Drinnan and Ruel Sotiriu. On the bench, we had Sam Sargent, Shadrach Ogie, Jaden Sweeney, Matt Young, Jack Tatanga, Craig Clay, and Harry Smith. Yeah, that's right. That meant that Kenny Jackett named an unchanged starting 11 for this game. Harry Smith took a seat on the bench for the O's. X fans' favourite, Nigel Attengana, was named in the starting 11 for X. You still hold well. a candle, don't you? I like Nigel Attengana. I'd, I'd, I'd have had him back. All no, all day long. He was a brilliant player for you us. Him, yeah. yeah, he was a really good player. Uh, obviously, as people know, I like an unchanged side. It really does pick itself at the moment, and the bench is still a bit too light. Yeah, pleasantly surprised um, with some of them because they were out on their feet, particularly Drinnen uh, at the end of the game. Archibald looked knackered. They haven't obviously had much football yeah. like in terms of 490 minutes. So I thought there'd be a few changes, but great to see. Um, but shame to see Paul Smith, or Still Smith, not. shall we say, not yet available. We should have asked him how he pronounced his name. We walked past him we'll on Wednesday. We walked past him on Wednesday. Night. He looked fine. I, I, it's before the team wasn't out, so oh, I think he might be playing. He had his training gear on. Um, it looked like he, you know, was okay, although he wasn't actually moving, he was just standing by a car chatting. So, yeah. you know, but uh, lots of tweets came into us when that team was announced. PM31970 said, only team we could really pick, and after the way they finished Wednesday's game, you wouldn't change it. That's right. Les LK52 said, it's the bench that, that's a concern, looks so threadbare. I really hope we address this before the window shuts. Yeah, MD Orient67, another new Twitter handle, don't recognise that one. So, good to think with an unchanged side already. Which is a bit light though. I mean, Paul Smith, or Smythe, 
just going to find it hard to get back into that team at the moment. Yeah. You know, based on the Salford game in the front, he was probably our most exciting player. Two games later, can't drop Archibald. Can't drop You ain't dropping Dan Kemp and you ain't dropping Drinnett. Tough one, yeah. but that's what we want to see. Yeah, that's exactly what we need. Mm. Competition for places. Um, Billy Carroll, GB, said, Happy with that. No reason to change it after Wednesday's performance. Annoying that we're without Smith or Smythe, uh, but it is what it is. Let's get the three points. Yeah, bets are later than ever. So glad, uh, glad Smith with an eye is on the bench. I was beginning to think that he was a figment of Kenny's <laughs> imagination. Yes, he is real. Yeah, he absolutely is. So before kickoff, there was a minute silence for Louise Tiedens and other O's fans who we've recently lost. So yeah, uh, yeah, well done to the club for sorting that out. Yeah, well played, Very appropriate, and it was apparently observed absolutely impeccably. Yeah, as you'd expect. So well done to the club for sorting that out. So the match kicked off on a warm, sunny afternoon in E10, and within seven minutes, the O's took the lead as a hopeful Connorwood punt was flicked on by Dan Happy. The ball fell into the path of Aaron Drinner. Drinan, sorry, get too excited, who held off his man to fire past Dawson from close range to make it 1-0 to the O's. Good finish. That's a confident striker holding off his man and smacking it into the back of the net. What a start. What a dream start for the O's. Seven minutes, one up. Yeah, it concerns me when we score so early. Then. <laughs> uh, good composure to hold off his man and to beat the keeper because the keeper was coming out. The ball was high. It was a bit awkward. It wasn't just to smash it hard and low. He's done very well there. And as you say, that's a guy that's got confidence. He's made it look much easier than that was. I 100% yeah, agree. Yeah. Really has. Ruel Satori, who counter-attacked in the 18th minute, using his speed and played a pass to Archibald, whose low effort ended up being saved by Dawson in the exit to goal. Yeah, we were up for this. 25th minute. Suddenly, one it became two 0 Second goal after the afternoon came as Tom James. Tom James, I can't even speak. I'm getting so excited being two 0 up in the twenty fifth minute. <laughs> Tom James had a free kick, played into Darren Prattley, who scuffed his shot, which turned into a pass. It came to the waiting Omar Beckles, who was in the perfect position. It's like Kevin Lisby, just reads the game, knows where the ball's going to go, like in the area. Yeah. Got to the ball, made no mistake from just a few yards out, made it two 0 He got his second goal of the season. And we're two and up, flying. Twenty five minutes in, took it well. Finished it like a centre forward for God's yeah, sake. Absolutely, yeah. As long as we score, it's a bit of a messy goal. But as long as we score, that's all important. We're not going to be judgy um, and demand worldies at, at you know at this stage us. of the season. As long as they're going across that yeah. line and they're legit, very happy with that. So we're going to fast forward then to the thirty third minute. It was almost three 0 with some great interplay. Saw Dan Kemp play a pass into Ruel. Who've just fired just over the bar there. I think as Orient fans, it's 2-0. We're never quite convinced. Once you get to 3-0, I think you can probably sit back a little bit. 2-0, I think history has We've told got us history, to never... To never it's uh, not our friend. You're never comfortable at a 2-0 game. 2-0 is not our friend. <laughs> Two minutes of added time were played. Half-time was to win with the O's being 2-0 up. Brilliant half. Brilliant half. A few tweets came into us at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers. Peter Foreman too. So has Dan Kemp been cloned? There seems to be at least three of him on the pitch. He's been everywhere this half. Yeah, absolutely. And I saw a Peter on the train home when we were at Leighton. So hello to you, Peter. Thank you. It was great to chat to you um, and hope you got home safely. At APK Music Review said, excellent first half and 2-0 at a canter. Drinnen, Archibald and Prattley, all superb, as well as another goal for Beckles. More of the same second half, please. Yeah, attendance announced at 4,860, with 646 away fans making the journey. That's not bad, considering time of the month, um, in terms of loads of people on holiday, lots of anniversary Are parties, Ella, mine. There's lots of people who are away, right. in terms of, you know, look at yeah, kind of who we sit with, quite a lot of those people no. weren't going, and, and spread that out. Second half kicked off, no subs for the O's as we withstood some early 
Exeter pressure. That's right. So let's skip then to the 64th minute and Exeter won a penalty as Lawrence Vigarou clumsily brought down Giovanni Brown, who really had nowhere to go. Uh, the ref um, saw in his favour and pointed to the spot. Really didn't have any hesitation. I love Lawrence Vigarou, but I think he'd probably be the first for me. He gets it all wrong there. He really yeah. was going nowhere with it. He was at a tight angle. Wasn't going stand him up. to get him in. Yeah, yeah so stand him up. Brung him down. Definite penalty. No complaints. And someone who we were quite keen on signing um, in okay. the postseason, Matt J stepped up. And his weak effort, I think that he's tried to do that fancy kind of hesitant few run out. It, yeah. and it's just silly. Just just bang it, you know, all that. And it, and it didn't work because Lawrence Vigarou, uh, he placed it towards the corner. Vigarou then got down nice and low, saved that, and then got up very quickly again to stop Brown, with whose follow-up effort was... Uh, yeah, who tried to, to, to follow up on that. So yeah, well done, redeemed himself there. I think if you're going to punt about, um, as you want to take your penalty, it's got to be quite a speedy penalty. I think because it was quite a slow pace on the ball, Viggs has read it where it's going to go and made a good save. And I think the second save is even better because he has to react. How many times does he keep a save a penalty but the on-rushing man score the rebound, which happens loads of times. I think Viggs actually does really well to react to um, the player running in um, Brown and make the second save, which I think is a better save than the first. But brilliant. I think at that point, you were like, we're not going to lose today. Had that gone in, and I think Kenny mentioned it, or uh, Theo Archibald mentioned it, it 2-0 became 2-1 around the 64th minute. Fans get a bit nervy. Yeah. They get a bit of impetus. It turns into a different game. So Towels go up. And, massive, yeah. massive save there. 65th minute then. Time for the first O-sub as Harry Smith finally made his Orient debut as he came on for El Sotiriu. Yeah, 75 minutes then. Exeter reduced to 10 men as Jonathan Grounds was shown a second yellow card for a late challenge on Aaron Drinnan. And he was gone. Yeah. He was off by early shower. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Definite booking. He knew he was going as soon as he made the challenge. Uh, Within that same passage of play shortly after, Harry Smith almost got a debut goal, but his header hit the bar. Uh, Didn't matter. As ref pulled it back as Aaron Drinnan... Uh, let the ball go slightly out of play. Um, should have scored that though. If I'm being uber critical, yeah, completely unmarked. Arguably, should have yeah. scored. Maybe a bit rusty. Didn't matter because you know the ref blew the whistle. Absolutely. Seventy-seven minutes. Theo Archibald sealed all three points with a nice side-footed finish, from a really slick O's passing move that started at the back with Lawrence Vigarou. And I think we I counted. We played just five passes before the ball was worked to Aaron Drinnan. Um, sorry, as the ball was worked to Drinnan, his pass was pass number six. It was inch perfect for the on-running Archibald, uh, who coolly finished and really sweetly finished that. And that was a brilliant, brilliant team goal. Probably, because I remember the goal with Ollie Palmer nicking the ball, giving it to Sammy Moore, to who was our board right back at the time. We then gave it Sean to... Sean Clahessy. Sean Clahessy, very good, who then gave it to... Letter. Uh, Blair Turgut, that's probably my favourite goal. This is probably second. Oh, well, it's just... that's high praise indeed. Yeah, um, it's, it's up there. Great goal. Shame I wasn't there to enjoy it because we would have had a great view of that one. 100%. But Jacket Ball, man. That's what he does. Jacket, Jacket Ball. Ball. Jacket Ball was the club's Twitter yeah. uh, account praised. A really good goal. And on a podcast, we're never going to do that goal justice. So no. I'm sure everyone who's listening has seen it. If not, go and watch the highlights. A quite incredible goal from Vigarou. What's the extended uh, highlights though? 15 seconds yeah. later, he's picking it out of there. Great to see Theo Archibald get a goal as well. He's a really good, you know, the least Theo yeah. Archibald deserved. And Drinnan, not only scoring him, but assisting. So everyone's well. working. Everyone's Brilliant. working for it. Brilliant. 83rd and then second O sub of the match as Connor Wood was replaced by Jaden Sweeney. He'd done the same sub last week at Salford. Yeah. So gradually getting Sweeney to play 
you know, some games, bringing him on. Good. I obviously think Sweeney is a prospect. Yeah. Interesting that he brings Sweeney on over Ogie. Both, yeah. you know, left back. So yeah. maybe other plans in place for Ogie. So six minutes of time are played. Uh, added on as the ref blew the full-time whistle as the O's took all three points as the match finished 3-0. So we weren't there to speak to Kenny Jacket, but Dave Victor was. Um, so he spoke to Kenny and we are going to play Dave's post-match interview. Only three minutes long. So here's what Kenny Jacket said to Dave Victor post-match. Delighted with a, with a win. Oh, oh, sorry, let me start that again. Well, Kenny, thanks for joining us and congratulations on your first victory for the O's. It was a great performance. Yeah, and, and um, you know, delighted with a, with a win. First off, I'd just like to thank the supporters. I got right behind the team today and made it a, a great atmosphere. It's great to see them back. You know, it was a, a terrific atmosphere here today and just short of 5,000. Really stayed with the team all the way through, encouraged them, and, and you know I'm, I'm very appreciative of that as, as a manager, and want that to continue. It is, it is up to us to put the performances on. We understand that, but but similarly, it's good to see a crowd get behind a team, and, and you know we you know we, we, we certainly uh, um, uh, did that today, and very thankful for them for doing that. And it was a display that would give them real encouragement for the future. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, you know, we're looking at our, our side. We think we have some promising. Uh, some promising players and can do quite well this year. We'll see. You know, I'm also looking at you know the the, the, the size of my squad at the right time and, and and the balance of it. And good to see Harry Smith coming back today, giving us options off the bench because at times during the second half I did think we needed our substitutes as well. The goals were contrasting. The third was outstanding, a real team goal. Yeah, it was, and, and it's good to see Theo, who's, who's you know quite a natural player down the left-hand side for us. It's good to see Theo getting in between the posts. You know, which is which is um, uh, very pleasing. You know, he's although he can pull out left and deliver, particularly when you're attacking down the other side, we do expect our our forwards then to to get in and, and get into the goal scoring areas, and we've been working on that. And he also, you know, put it in with a lot of confidence. It was a you know, very good finish. A goal and an assist from Aaron Drinnan, who just works so hard. Yeah, he does, and, and you know, it's good to see Harry Smith back as well. Um, you know, we're we're, we're pleased that. You now we have Paul Smith to come back. You know we'll, we'll need all of the players. We'll need our subs. We'll need our squad. We'll need uh, so, some depth there, realistically, for, throughout the, the next nine or ten months. And a penalty save secured the clean sheet. Yeah, it did. The two, you know, big moments for them was obviously the penalties. A great double save. I thought the second one was, you know, wasn't the best of penalties, and he saved it. But the, but the, the, the follow-up was was a fantastic second save from from, from Lawrence. And, and then they just had a free kick on 96 minutes, where you know it seemed to find its way into my goalkeeper's hands without dealing with it. They were the two big moments. But similarly, you know, we take the clean sheet and we move on. And, and after giving the penalty away, it's, it's a great save from Lawrence, and we're pleased with that. Covid issues means that the Harrogate game in midweek is postponed. Is, is that respite actually coming at a good time ahead of the trip to Carlisle on Saturday? No, not really. I mean, the games were going to come thick and fast anyway. We'd rather, we'd, we, you know, we'd rather the schedule be how, how it looks, to be honest with you. And, and you know, you don't want Covid to interrupt it. There's a, there's a bigger picture to, to, to the whole country and to the whole industry. So, so no, we, you know, we understand though that these things do happen, but um, it's not it's not something that I'd, I'd count as a blessing. You know, I want to be able to play the fixtures and, uh, you know, make sure that, you know, we can all fulfil, you know, what is a, 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 a fantastic product in this country with our pyramid system and League Two football. Thanks, Kenny. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. 
So that was Dave Victor in a post-match chat with Kenny Jacket. Thank you, Dave, very much indeed for sending that to us. We are very grateful to you. And Kenny Jacket really speaks well, quite authoritative as well, isn't he? Like, Nails this it. is what I'm doing, this is how we're doing it, and this is why we're doing it that way kind of thing. It's like, I know I need depth. We'll do that, but we're not just going to go and rush and get anyone yeah. in just to have bodies on the bench. We'll do it properly. We'll do it thoroughly and we'll, we'll make sure we get the right the right people in. And so far, based on what, what we've seen so far, you can't argue with any of it, really. No, it gives very good answers, uh, very astute answers. Um, so, yeah, long may that continue talking yeah. about wins. So, it would be madness to talk to you about the league table after two games, so we're not going to. So, I guess it's time for our views on Exeter, Mr. Yeah, let's do that then. So, I love an unchanged side. I think the consistency of that speaks volumes. Uh, three goals, all good goals, three different goal scorers as well. So spreading the goal scoring responsibility across the team. We were heavily and have been heavily reliant in the recent past on a striker yep. scoring the goals for good us. Point. So here we have his Omar Beckles on two goals, Aaron Drinnan on two goals. We've got Theo Archibald that's chipped in. You know, so it's being spread. Um, it's being spread around. Yeah. So you know, Smith isn't far off of getting a goal. He's two inches to whichever way, uh, two inches down, obviously, um, to getting his. You know, so there are people that are looking yeah. to to share that responsibility. A clean sheet, love a clean sheet. Obviously, unbeaten this season in the league. Um, obviously, they're not all wins, but nonetheless, you can argue that it's only two games, but against teams who you expect to be up there, right? So Salford away, tough the game, favourite, yeah, and Exeter City, who Strong are always always around that playoff, and they managed yeah. to keep players like Matt Jay, who you know was probably did very good lead too. Yeah, Nigel Atengar is a good player, like him a lot. If I haven't mentioned that, their manager's a good manager. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're not idiots. They did well last yeah. season. We've not beaten them in ten years. They're a bit of a bogey side. We've beaten that bogey now. Yeah, so know. it's not like you've played two of the weaker teams Correct. and kind of got unrealistic expectations. They're two teams, again, they're, like we said, who you bet to be up there. So it's not like we're playing like, uh, Alderman and Scunthorpe. You know, we're, we're playing teams that are expected to be. Three great performances so far this season. So talking about all games so far. We were superb from front to back. Closing down from the front, high press, getting the attack into attack quickly. Love it. Absolutely love it. But it's only the second league game of the season. So let's not get carried away uh, with that. Your views? Yeah, I mean, I think you've pretty much nailed it there. Great result. Thanks, mate. Love to see it. 3-0 I wouldn't have predicted pre-match. No. You know, I thought it would be a tight draw. We might nick it by goal. I certainly didn't expect to be two up within 25 minutes and, you know, simply outclassing them. Uh, playing them apart from the penalty yeah. we've got absolutely mentioned no chances for Exeter because they didn't create any because yeah. we were that dominant Even on the so, two minute highlight they didn't have any yeah so you know I think Aaron Drinan will get a lot of praise and tweets coming up he deserves it works hard gets his goal gets an assist brilliant Beckles again like we mentioned fans favourites two songs about him already two goals clean sheet yesterday wears his heart on his sleeve that's what we want from his centre back you know Viggs redeems himself, gives away a clumsy penalty, but redeems himself, spot on. Theo Archibald, I think, is going to be a massive fan's favourite. Creative, young, gives what you want from a, a player on the wing. It's exciting, it's hard to track. Looks like he likes to score a goal, knows when the net is. Really great. And like you mentioned, Kenny Jacket speaks really well in his post-match interviews. And under managers like Jacket, we won't be getting carried away. And like he says, we, you know, it would have been great to play on Tuesday to keep this up against Harrogate Town. But... They've got a week yeah. respite now. That will work for us, but also against us. Um, we'll also speak about Carlisle. What's well, momentum? A isn't bit it? later on, yeah, of course. He's want to keep going. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. But you know what a ride this season is going to be already. You know, so exciting already. 
can't get carried away yet, but no. we can sure hope and dream that we can. Just while you're on Kenny Jacket, it's nice to see him in club colours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so those were our views, and thanks, <laughs> thanks again for everyone who took the time to tweet us and send us messages on our social media accounts. And again, just because we read them out doesn't mean that we agree with them. And the first one in this uh, extra post-match review is James O'Hagan's. He said, solid and unspectacular, just what we needed after a couple of seasons of just unspectacular there was a uh, there was a confidence and drive in that performance that I haven't seen since Justin Edinburgh liked what I saw from all the new faces Hector and Ruel are maturing happy was happy good times yeah I like the fact about confidence and drive absolutely I agree with that yeah uh, Matty LFC Evans said something special is brewing at Brisbane Road when you demolish a team who are rated for the playoffs you are doing something right Drinnen Feinicke's scoring boots and Archibald needs to be signed ASAP. That's the one thing that you look at and you're thinking if Archibald starts doing really well and Lincoln, to be fair, Lincoln, I think I've got two wins out of two. They definitely won yesterday. Um, but should Lincoln slump and Archibald's form go up, the only worry you get is that they could ask for him back. If there's fingers a recall Fingers crossed, cause. yeah. Fingers if crossed, there's that, a recall fingers crossed that isn't in there. Number two, I don't quite understand his situation because he signed a year contract extension with Lincoln and has come out on loan to us. I don't understand what happens. how that works. And also, I think as well, we've signed players, arguably, that have a point to prove, that are being given kind of like not the last chance at the OK Corral or anything, but they are being given an yeah, opportunity at a football league club that's a really well run, like Coley said earlier. Yeah. Um, and they've got something to prove. Like We've criticised because the goal-scoring records of the strikers we've signed doesn't wow us. I mean, we're not signing Harry Kane here by any stretch of anyone's imagination, but the record on paper isn't great. And we've said like you can't judge until they've played in your shirt, in your yeah. team. In your formation. So my point being is that they've all got something to prove. So they're actually really probably trying even harder and probably enjoying how how hope so how Kenny's playing them. So anyway, Shrimpy underscore boy said not a bad sign when just about every player in an orange shirt can make a claim for man of the match. Couldn't have asked for much better to get the season underway at home. Yeah, boatsy. Welcome back, Ben. Says don't want to get carried away as it's only our second game in. But what a team we have. If this is jacket ball then I'm all for it. Big away test next week at Carlisle. I'm confident at this stage that we can go there and get a positive result. Yeah, local game for you, mate. Uh, Richie J. Bourne said, an excellent team performance with so much threat from so many areas on the pitch. It's early days, but a great start. Yeah, I like that comment about all areas of the pitch, the full-back, centre midfield, the wingers forwards. Yeah, it's not just very dependable on one or yeah. two players. Chef Kent won. said, a great game. First half, we were amazing. Disappointed with how we started the second all three goals were brilliant. Three deserved points and a clean sheet to top it off. A great way to lift the spirit after losing our beloved dog Casper yesterday. Oh, condolences yeah. to you. Parksy1881 said that performance was impressive. Sat back a little too much with Prattley so far above this level and Hector dropping deep mid-second half. Inviting pressure, but that was exceptionally professional. Direct, perhaps. Long balls, certainly not. Exciting times. Yeah, love it. Len M4 said, outstanding. First half was better than any half we had last season. Second half was a bit shaky at times, but the team dealt with it very professionally. Nowhere near the finished article, but it's an impressive start. Paul underscore LT2P said, really enjoyed that. No backwards and sideways. Good press rather than letting them come on. Thought it was a soft pen. Great from Loz. Still worried about the bench. I think a lot of people still traumatised from last season. There's mm. lots of people still commenting about sideways backwards better than last season I think hopefully in the next couple of weeks we can kind of get over that and look, look a bit more forward mm. LFC 1978 says but we don't need an experienced manager 
amazing mm. turnaround in such mm, a short true. space of time two years wasted not since Justin in charge have I seen such a complete performance nice to have our Orient back O's fan basing said very comfortable win didn't really do much in the second half and the penalty save was handy still looked very solid and they weren't a bad side still can't quite believe it was in the first home league game this sort of thing just doesn't happen yeah Spenno 1-1 said what a professional job we did today superb pressing tempo and counter attacking I've also noticed that we don't dive around or commit too many fouls we keep it well with mm. devastating offensive results probably do need two more players in the building who can help this group I think a point that I meant to make and I didn't it was a tweet in the last um, game I think talking about Woods uh, or James is that the decision making of the players has been bang on they're making the correct decisions at the right areas of the pitch it's not like they're, they're mistiming passes or making wrong passing decisions Every, everything they're deciding to do mm. the instruction and I believe this is being drilled down from Kenny they're making the right choices on the pitch mm. and that's leading to positive results so I think Ross spoke a lot about last season about making you know the right decisions and, and little lapses in concentration here and there would cost us mm. and it would mm. but this season apart from happy against QPR they seem to be on it and completely focused and mentally like completely in the game and doing the right things at the right time in the right area so great point yeah absolutely Stassi Stassi said first time I've not seen Exeter pass us off the park in a very long time a very assured commanding and thoroughly professional performance good point nice to put one over Exeter like yeah said. 100% yeah David Rickard 80 said a very solid and professional performance from the lads some of the partnerships look like they are gelling already the third goal was a little bit special and it's great to see everything every single player really fighting for each and every ball I can't wait for next Saturday Big Ads LOFC podcast sponsor said, better than anything a Ross Embleton or Joby McEnough team would ever show. Amazing what an established manager can bring to the team. Yeah, Big Ads co-hosted next week. We'll come on to that very shortly. Orient Meat Pie said, love the way this team has been put together and is playing. Today was superb. We just need a bit more squad depth and then we can have a real shot at staying near the top all season. Ben Whitlock, 13, said, Thought Drinnen led the line so well. People may think he's not going to get 20 in a season, but he played such a vital role. Can't remember him being offside once in the first half, but when Smith came on, I noticed three or four offsides. He'll need a rest at some point. Great energy. So basically, Smith is the new Mooney. Uh, Tom Davies, <laughs> a new focal point. 17. So Prattley and Beckles make all the difference. We suddenly look like a team of grown-ups. Fullbacks also solid. In fact, no qualms with any of the signings so far. I think that's what you call a strong spine, right? Yeah. So for any successful team, you've got the four. You've got the keeper, the centre-back, the centre-mill and the forward. So you've got Viggs, Beckles, Prattley, and then you need your, your target man who's going to get you 20 goals and if that's Australian, so be it. But that, mm. that spine is what you put the team against and that's a pretty good spine so far. Mm. I absolutely agree. Well, three out of them uh, are League One. Yeah. Three out of them, four players are League One capable, as uh, as we say. Ian Hutchinson, 08, said, absolutely fantastic performance from a well-drilled, exciting football team. The Orient Express is building momentum. Special mention to Tom James. Just goes about his business, rarely gets done one-on-one, set-piece specialist, and getting better and better game by game. Yeah, good tweet. Yeah. Terence Coates too says, an amazing day. Not just a free-nil with some greatly improved football, but the emotion of being back at Brisbane Road. I nearly cried with joy at the first goal, celebrating with my kids going wild. Generally enjoying the club and the game at the moment. Great to be back. What a club. That's M- what it's all about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. MS or- no, there isn't a bad tweet here to read. MS Orient said, what a team performance in E10 this afternoon. A complete 90-minute performance for the first time in years. 
Every player played their part. Drinham was my man of the match, a complete workhorse. We really looked the part under Kenny, certainly feels, feeling something at the O's. Yeah, good tweet. Joe Pavitt, 0-0. Zero, zero. So what a performance against a team you'd expect to be very strong. Happy and Beckles feel so good together. Pratty looks incredible. Archibald is such a brilliant signing, and it was so nice to see Smith. A few minor things to work on. But fantastic to see. Willow Gaffer said another impressive performance. The team ethic is top draw and some of the football was a joy. If the third goal was scored by Man City, people would be purring over it for days. That is an absolutely bang on point. Yeah, yeah, and kudos point. to Ian Abrahams, Moose from Talk Sport, who said that, who picked that goal oh, out and said oh, yeah. this should be spoken about more. That is a bang on point. Things are looking up for sure. Special mention to Prattley, who is going to be a huge signing for the club. He certainly is. There could have been two final words this week. It was very hard to uh, oh. decide between the two. Dan Orton, 2590. It's a brilliant result. Not the perfect performance by any means, but some excellent football played. And the third goal was just stunning. But seeing young Riley and Peyton at the football and enjoying themselves was the undoubted highlight of the day for me. Oh. Heartwarming. Lovely. Great tweet there, Dan. Very Lovely. well done there, mate. Yeah, and the final word goes to Casey Adams. Uh, said that third goal was something else. What a day! Seeing people that I hadn't seen in years, totally different mindset, and enjoying life again. Yeah, what a day. Yeah, lovely. I, I wondered why that was in there, so I just moved yeah, right. I didn't know okay. where to do yeah. that. So two amazing tweets. That'd be a first in seven years. Yeah, eight it would have been. Yeah. So some amazing tweets read out. Thanks to everyone who continues to tweet us. Let us know if you agree or disagree with anything that you've heard on this podcast. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook. You can uh, follow us on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. We're also on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast. Or you can email us if you're not on social media at Orient Outlook at Outlook.com. Absolutely. So prediction league update then for you. So well done to TX Trev and Stephen 534 22929 who correctly predicted 3-0. So you guys both get three points. But well done to Alf Wounton96 and John McNabo who correctly predicted 3-0 but also correctly predicted a scorer. So you both get four points. And that means the top of the prediction league is as follows. On seven points tied at John McNabo and Nino underscore Barone. Six points Furlong BTW, LOFC Teresa and Strop underscore Oh, so thank you very much to everyone who correctly predicted or even sent in a prediction. There were over 106 a replies just to the tweet. And on top of that, we get people that do it independent yes. of the tweet. So well over 100 predictions. I think that's probably one of the it's highest we've had. It's been big this season. Yeah. And lots of people already on the leaderboard, which is available on our Facebook page. So let's move on into Sunday the 15th of August, and we say happy birthday to two members of the Orient family, to Orient legend Errol McKellar. I hope you had a great birthday, turning 64. Wow. And former Doesn't Orient striker. 50. No, we're having a day over 63. Uh, <laughs> and former Orient striker and promotion-winning player Gary Alexander. I hope you've had a lovely day, chaps. Yeah, absolutely. So congratulations are in order as well to Lawrence Vigarou, Dan Happy, and Aaron Drinnen, who made it into the sky bet League Two Team of the Week. Yeah, more praise being heaped onto uh, Lawrence Vigarou and Aaron Drinnen in particular as they went and made the EFL's Team of the Day too, which is even more impressive as that spans all 72 clubs. And I think you made a point saying Dickie, who played for QPR, has got three and three games. So he also made the team. So well done, I guess, 
to him. Good spot there, Mr. Levy. Thank you very much indeed. So let's wrap this up. We're coming just up to the 90-minute mark, so hopefully we won't be going into extra time this <laughs> evening. <laughs> oh, well, I'll rush time with penalties. Hopefully it's not penalties. <laughs> Fantasy football update for you. So obviously the league has only just started because the Premier League's only just got underway. Uh, if you do Premier League, Fancy Premier League, join our league. It is OOPGL. That's O-O-P-G-L and the number 8 on the end. So the letter O, twice, P-G-L, the number 8. Join our league. There's at least 300 people in it at the moment. Loads. I start off with all good intentions and then get too invested in it. I don't have the time for it, so I'm not doing it this year, but you're in. I'm in, but I might quit already. Oh, have you picked the bad side? Uh, On paper, no. (laughs) On results, yeah. Well, it's just one week. Lukaku, captain, injured. Harry Kane, vice-captain, didn't play. Uh, Jadon Sancho why would you pay 72 million and put a player on the bench ridiculous so I think I'm done with it I think he's going to be eased back in rather than just thrown in first games did Rashford play doesn't help I don't care it doesn't help me Um, and I had some big players who didn't play so I think I'm going to maybe even quit it at this early stage we shall see don't do that oh I might play my wild card already don't do that so positives and negatives of the week okay you can do positives this week then well I think it's probably easy to share it out really a couple each because there's uh, there's only one negative. This okay. week, performances against QPR and Exeter really stand out performances, really giving us high hopes for the season. Possibly misplaced. But... It's pride in that shirt, isn't it? What a delight it is to see yeah. everyone fighting for that shirt, sweating, and that team spirit as well. It seems like there's a really yeah. good spirit within that so early, which is great. Okay, second positive was the clean sheet yesterday. Very important to get that clean sheet. Vigoru saves the penalty, uh, and I think Kenny mentioned it in his post-match 96-minute Exeter free kick that they you know, could have got a goal from. Yeah. comes to nothing, so we hold on to that clean sheet. It's a massive, brilliant... Yeah, two goals in a week for our striker, Aaron Drinnen. Uh, really good. If you're looking at it over seven days, you'd include Omar Beckles as that as well. Yeah, so those were our three positives. Negatives, just the one. Might even be a negative, depending on how you look at it. Getting knocked out of the EFL... Cup, so only one negative, so that leads us on to our brand new christened, the Carol Langley Florist Hero of the Week. Yeah, Carol Langley with Carol with an E on the end. The nominees for this were Theo Archibald, Omar Beckles, Aaron Drinnen, and Connor Wood. And after 280 votes in just 24 hours, the vote ended up as follows. Yeah, so only one percent of you went for Connor Wood. It was very tight between the top three, actually, could have gone either way. 25 percent of you. Voted for Omar Beckles, who came second last week as well. So maybe one day Omar will go and win it. I'm sure he will this season. 31% went for Theo Archibald. But your winner with 43% of the vote, although we've already announced the nominees, but let's do it anyway. 43% Aaron Drinnen. So well done to Aaron. And thank you for all of your votes. So next week's fixtures, like we said, game called off on Tuesday. That means one fixture this week. Up next, long, long journey away to Carlisle United on Saturday the 21st of August. Carlisle started alright, four points from six, went away to Swindon. Same as us, yeah. Beat them 2-1. You know who scored for Carlisle? XO Loney, Tristan Abraham, who also scored on Tuesday night in their League Cup game. So he's got two and three for them. Be yeah. one to watch. Form. Yeah. If you're going, have a safe journey and why not tweet us on the way to or at the match as we'd Absolutely. love to hear from you I as always. The trains are still a bit Yes. Uh, funny at the minute, so be careful what trains you book on if you're not already booked on. Sponsorship reminder, don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook 
at Big Ads with a Z L O F C on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs. So that is it. Yeah, although AOB, I was meant to put this in, but I forgot. We got a DM from at ReedyQB9. So Tom tweeted us and he said, next Saturday, he'll be taking part in a white-collar boxing event, raising money for Cancer Research UK. So he says, please donate any amount you can spare or get your ticket at the link below. So we'll retweet that. So if you have any spare shrapnel to spare... Big O's fan, really. QB and I go to basically pretty much every away game. I saw him sat with yeah. him once. So he is raising Tom, money yeah. for Cancer Research UK this Saturday. Good so lads. well done to Tom. And sorry for not mentioning that at the top of the podcast. So you're right. Well Paul. remembered. That is it. Episode two five two in the can. Done. What a week. What, what a, a week. week it's been. As the O's fans return to Brisbane Road to see two absolutely brilliant performances from Kenny Jackett's Red and White Army. On Wednesday, we saw an Orient team play their hearts out and almost dump QPR out of the EFL Cup, only to be cruelly denied on penalties. And on Saturday, we saw the Orient Express steamroll over Exeter City with a more than convincing win to leave us absolutely buzzing and dreaming of what this season could bring. Yeah, this week the O's have a midweek rest before the very long journey to Carlo on Saturday. And as always, we'll be bringing you the latest news and views from throughout the week. And hopefully on the next podcast... We'll be talking about another impressive performance and three points for the Orient. Yeah, if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give the podcast a five-star rating. It does help us to be found by anyone that's casually looking for Leighton Orient information and news and views. Give us a review on whatever platform you get your podcast from. And if you listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn and Stitcher, add us to your favourites. And that way you'll have us as soon as the podcasts become available. Yeah, so we're also on all smart speakers. We're also on Fan Hub. So we've been doing a lot of work with Fan Hub in terms of our uh, team lineup prediction. So on a Friday uh, around midday or 1pm, we'll do our Fan Hub prediction and do a nice little screenshot. We've had lots of interest in that. Yeah. So if you want to join Fan Hub, it's limited to five tickets per week. We'll tweet the code out during the week. So come and get involved. Great. Loads of those fans on there. You can pick your team. You can check into matches. You can read all information about Orient and the opposition. It's a very good app. Something we love being a part of. Absolutely. And you can use it wherever you are in the world. You don't have to be in England to use it. Yeah. Uh, but you do get bonus points if you're travelling to games or checking in at games. So yeah. uh, if you have an older relative, a loved one or an Orient chum uh, who you think will like the podcast, Give, uh, grab their phone, help them download it, and pass the pod. Yeah, so a slightly longer podcast this week, an hour 33. But hey, look, if you can't get a new investor on and two wins in a week and have a bit of a longer podcast with no midweek game, so keeping you entertained for longer this week, That's right. then when I go and do a longer podcast. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> exactly. So we are back with episode 253 next week. The bearded legend is off on his holidays. I'll be having uh, uh, another bearded legend. He's got a beard? Mm, no I don't think so no stubbled legend or clean shaven legend podcast sponsor always goes down well when he's on the podcast Mr Adam Francis joining me next week for all the information and views that you could ever need so we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm stay safe safe journey up to Carlisle if you're going have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast up the O's